Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Growing up, my sisters and I all played sports. And this was before we had cell phones and before teachers stayed after school for a long time. So if practice was ever canceled, you just had to sit there and wait for your parents to pick you up at the normal time, unless you could get a ride with a buddy that lived in your same neighborhood. Well, I lived a pretty good ways from my high school. It wasn't something I could walk. And one afternoon, practice was canceled. And again, there were no cell phones. The office was locked up tight. You couldn't even get back in the school. So I was just out front. And a boy came up to me that I knew. My mom had taught him. He was always extremely nice, friendly guy. He was like, oh man, you've got to wait until, you know, 6.30. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty bogus, but you know, whatever. He said, wait, I can give you a ride home. So I was thrilled. I'd be able to get home early, you know, have a normal dinner, maybe get some homework done. Okay, that's a lie. But, you know, hang out with Walt, do something fun. <laughs> and so he said, I'll be right back. So he walked off toward the parking lot. He wasn't gone long at all. Comes back, I jump in, and off we go. And we're playing the radio, we're laughing. Well, what I didn't know is I was in a stolen car. So unbeknownst to me, I unwittingly helped commit Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> so... A long story short, you don't always know who you're in the car with. You don't always know people, whether it's from school or work or church. You may feel real insulated. You may feel real safe because you do recognize them, but that doesn't mean you know them or their intentions. Preble County only has one city, Eaton. That's it. Three-fourths of this county is farmland. They're known for hogs and corn. They're home of the Black Walnut Festival. They are a rural way of life, but they're close enough to Dayton and Cincinnati. If they want to get to a big city, they can, but in their county, very small, very rural. If you look at crime, they say, 
and number one is low and 100 is high, for violent crime, they rank an eight. Now, I did some research. They rarely have a murder. From 2001 to 2013, they had zero, not one. So when this case occurred, and it was a triple murder, the whole county was stunned. I mean, they don't get a murder, much less three people killed at a time. The victims, Don Marker, David Smelzer, and Melinda Newcomb, they're all young people. Two were in their 20s. David was like 31. I mean, these are young people. The crime scene was David's cabin that has a 200-yard driveway. Now, I'm going to tell y'all as a crime scene investigator, if I see a driveway that is 200 yards, two football fields, that's off the roadway. That's off the beaten path. So I'm already thinking this is quite possibly somebody they knew. The law enforcement agency that had this case originally was the Preble County Sheriff's Office. On the night of October the 30th, 1987, three people got together and were murdered. Now, the two men knew each other. They were kind of roommates. But the female, Melinda, she didn't really know either one of them. Melinda was found shot twice in the head, one right behind her left ear. The other one kind of grazed the top of her head. Their friend, Donald, was found just inside the cabin near Melinda, also shot, gunshot wound to the head behind the left ear. Law enforcement believes that David was murdered and Melinda and Donnie just happened to enter the cabin afterwards and the killer was still inside. So the killer was going to leave no witnesses. Now, for me, when I hear all of these folks were shot behind the left ear, Kind of sounds like a hit. That's not just random shooting in a small cabin. The victims were not discovered for three days. So for 72 hours, the killer had the opportunity to either get away, stage the scene, hide evidence, alter evidence, and possibly get rid of the bodies. Well, we know he didn't get rid of the bodies, and we know there's other evidence found at the cabin that we'll get to in a minute, but it seems like he didn't try to stage the scene either. So I'm going to bring our guest on now. And y'all, this is such an honor for me. Greg Noble is an attorney, a former prosecutor, an analyst with the United States Secret Service, and an advocate on this case. He has been on this case for years and years, and he has not given up. He's hit some walls, but he hadn't given up. Greg Noble, thank you so much for joining us on Zone 7. Cheryl, it's an honor. Been listening for a couple months now and uh, just very excited to uh, to hear your next episode and to learn a little bit about cold cases and investigations and your variety of guests is just stellar. Well, I appreciate it. And honey, we've just added a golden child. So I appreciate you being here. We're going to shake some trees. We're going to try to get some attention on this thing and we're going to see if there's anything that you and I can come up with to push this case a little bit. So just tell everybody real quick, when you first got involved, what were your initial feelings? I was working with the sister of victim Melinda Newcomb, and I thought, well, I'll take a look at this case and see if I can make contact with maybe the detectives out in Preble County, you know, see what leads that they had going on. 
And so I, you know, just innocently called, you know, they were nice enough allowing me to come out and take a look at, at some of the things that they had in their folders. But it was apparent from the get-go that, you know, this was a small sheriff's office that was seemingly overwhelmed by having a triple homicide in their, their small little domicile on Halloween. Very welcoming, but at the same time, I could tell that, you know, they had attempted to call Montgomery County or, or Dayton to help them process the scene. They were, in essence, scrambling. I mean, like any uh, agency would when you're, when you're faced with such a, you know, horrific event. Well, the bottom line is, if you don't work homicides regularly, and all of a sudden you've got three at one time, that's going to be overwhelming for anybody. Exactly. And, you know, this was just that strange time in, in the history of law enforcement where DNA had just been used in, in the U.S. to uh, to convict somebody in uh, 1987. But it's very much in its infancy. And so as as I looked at some of the preliminary reports and items that were available, it was apparent that, you know, all or most of the blood had been used just to type the donor of the blood. And so DNA hadn't even entered the uh, arena for them or, or a lot of agencies at that time. And so I, I think that's what struck me originally is that it seems like Preble was, was uh, playing makeup in a big way. And, um, and again, it's not until about 10 years later in 1997, you know, the states were contributing the DNA profiles to uh, a central location, you know, trying to make up for lost time, I, I, I guess, and trying to catch up with, you know, some of the advances in, in criminology. Let's talk about the scene a little bit. So you have a cabin off the road, secluded in a rural town. And it's small. I mean, it's quaint. Who would know that cabin was there? Well, this cabin sat on about 10 outbuildings of a farm that was there at 2188 uh, West Consolidated Road in Eden. And so there were several barns and other outbuildings. But for the most part, if you didn't know one of the, the residents there or know the family, the Poos family, that's P-O-O-S, who owned it, you may not know that, you know, there, this cabin was actually, you know, being inhabited by uh, two people who, who were friends at that time. That'd be uh, David and Donnie. And the cabin is from the 1800s? That's correct. I believe the Poos family back in the 1830s and 40s, as they were traveling up from Kentucky to Ohio, had, uh, had built this and it had stayed in the family, you know, all those years. As you said, it's a very small cabin two small rooms, a, a living room, and kind of the kitchen. For David Smelzer, this was a dream come true. He was a back-to-nature, woodsy kind of guy who loved to hunt and fish. He not only was a outdoors guy, but he was a plumber who also did uh, uh, grinded tree stumps. He was always busy fiddling around the, the cabin, and I think he had just put some styrofoam on some of the walls in the cabin to to insulate it a little better, uh, getting ready for winter. And, you know, up there, it snows quite a bit. You know, my understanding is that on that Friday before Halloween, the story had gone out, hey, there's a party going on at the cabin. Some people had 
started making plans to get out there. And I, I believe they met at the Stable Bar, which is just a couple miles uh, north from there. And I believe Donald Marker, who had been staying with David for a couple weeks, he lost his uh, driving privileges in Colorado, so he needed a ride. And so it's my understanding that Mel and Donnie really didn't know each other and that it was somewhat serendipitous, if I could throw that in there, for, for those two to meet and then to drive out to the cabin. Well, I'll tell you, you know, given the work that you and I do, sometimes random cabin way out in the woods <laughs> sounds pretty good. <laughs> so I agree with David on that. <laughs> Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So let's talk about the victims a little bit. So you already kind of described David, outdoorsy, you know, 28 years old, you know, has this cabin that he's written. He wants to be a farmer. He's doing the plumbing some. He's removing stumps. He's doing different jobs to make, you know, ends meet till he gets that, you know, perfect job. And tell us more now about Donald, Donnie. Donnie had recently come back to Preble County where his uh, family was from, but he was uh, married and had several kids out in, in Colorado. It's my understanding while he was recently, he had picked up a DUI and instead of facing the charges, he actually came back home to visit his, his parents. I think worked temporarily at a, uh, a, a chicken plant was bouncing around a few places before his friend David said, hey, 
I'm staying out at the cabin uh, on the Poos farm. Why don't you come out and stay with me temporarily? Donnie decided to do that. And so I, I think part of them insulating the cabin was, uh, was, was for David and Donnie. They knew, uh, you know, winter was coming in a month or two and they needed to, to make it a little more warm. Donnie, it's my understanding, had been there just a couple weeks. I'm not sure how long he planned to stay, but he obviously worked, you know, in the meantime, but had, again, a, a wife and, and several small children back in uh, Colorado. Do you think he was running from something or do you think he was trying to get back on his feet? I think he was, in essence, running away maybe from the DUI, maybe facing a fine or, you know, maybe a few days in jail or something like that. But at the same time, I think he was trying to get back on his feet, trying to get a job and trying to figure out, you know, what exactly to do with his life. If he was going to stay in Colorado or come back home to the Eden area. Okay, that seems like a reasonable plan. Like if I stay in Colorado, I might go to jail. I don't want that to happen to my wife or children. But if I go home, Colorado's not going to extradite me over a DUI. So I can work. I can get some money up. Maybe I can get a place and bring them out. I, I think that was uh, on his mind. So, so far, everything you're telling me, I don't see motive. I don't see why this would occur. I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you look at Donnie and, and Mel, it, it looks like they came into the uh, the cabin and still had some of their wine coolers and their cigarettes and some beer. You know, they were shot and they just dropped Right there. So they were just inside the uh, the kitchen area uh, in the other room from from David, and they they just dropped right there. Probably didn't see or didn't know, you know, what was waiting for them in the other room. So nothing of value was taken. Nobody was sexually assaulted. So it kind of leaves us with revenge. But again, I'm not hearing anything that would suggest these people had an enemy at all. Certainly not Melinda. I mean, David, it doesn't sound like would have anybody. And Donnie ain't been there long enough. I mean, it just seems like these are three people that got together. They were having a good time at the stable. They didn't want it to end, so they went to the cabin because they thought, hey, this will be great. And then if there's going to be a party for Halloween, this is fantastic. I think they all had intentions just to party and to have, you know, a good time and to kind of enjoy the Halloween atmosphere, you know, get ready for the cold again. So. This is, I don't want to say the last hurrah because there's always, you know, football and, and things like that. But you've got to kind of plan your, your parties and plan uh, different things uh, when, you're, when you're living up north. Five or six months of, you know, pretty cold weather, snow and slush and muck. And, uh, you know, your car gets salt on it. You don't see the sun for like three months and, you know, you get kind of cabin fever. I think this was, you know, one of the last beautiful days in fall. Let's enjoy it and uh, and have a good time. Well, your description is clear. You don't work for the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I had a sister that moved from Atlanta to Connecticut. And she called me in April and said, what have I done? And I said, what do you mean? She went, it's snowing. And my mind was blown. I was like, that's not possible. So she knew coming that first winter was going to be something she had never experienced in her life. But it's beautiful. She lives in a place that looks like a movie set. 
And that's how I feel every time I go north of the Mason-Dixon. It's beautiful. I was in Indianapolis recently with the snow. I thought it was just like a snow globe. I mean, it was just stunning to me. And that's how I've always felt. Of course, I've never done a full winter anywhere either. One of the most fascinating things to me about this whole crime scene is the cabin was locked. It does appear that the assailant or assailants did their shooting and, as as you pointed out, didn't really move the bodies or much of anything in, in the cabin, locked up and left. But before they did that, found out years later that there's a bit of uh, blood evidence and some other evidence that had some good evidentiary value. You know, unless you're wearing a uh, hazmat suit or something like that, you're you're going to leave something behind. Fortunately, in, in this case, uh, that happened as well. In the uh, kitchen area where Donald and, and, and Mel were found, there's a door to the outside. And just above that, there's uh, a light and there's latches and, and various things. And blood was found on those on those items. And in addition, there were some tools and other things in the uh in the kitchen area that was found with blood as well and blood smears in in the other room with uh, where David was found. There was a cigarette butt and there was also some more blood that was in there. It appears that not necessarily that there was a struggle, but that there is blood in places that you wouldn't expect it if you killed somebody and they dropped right there. Unfortunately, again, in 1987, you know, that blood was, hey, let's let's test it. Let's type it. And let's let's see that, uh, you know, Mel had type A and, and Donnie had type A and David had type B. You know, most of the blood was used just just to do that, unfortunately. And that's not uncommon. I mean, back then, that's what people did. Now, the radio was on and the outside lights were on and the door locked. So if you just walked by, you would think somebody was home. Yeah, there was country music blaring, you know, all weekend. And uh, uh, David had a, a dog and the dog was chained up outside. And so several people were, were trying to enter the cabin or get there to, to party. And, you know, they couldn't gain entrance. And, you know, several folks uh, described kind of the music blaring and just that it was, you know, very odd that David had his dog chained up. But it really wasn't until um, that next Monday, early in the morning, somebody actually looked in the cabin and realized that there were bodies there. And so David was uh, supposed to have shown up on Saturday, the Saturday after the Friday party, to dig some tree stumps up with an individual named Doug Crowell. And it's interesting because Mel, she rented her, her place that she lived in in, uh, in Eaton from Doug as well. And so when Doug arrived there on Monday, he saw David's truck there, but he also saw Melinda's Camaro. And he, I, he commented that he was not aware that they knew each other. And so, um, so that was something that startled him a bit. But again, he looked inside one of the windows and saw a body laying on the floor and what appeared to be his blood. 
And so this is again on on Monday around 5:30 p.m. So he went from being upset at David <laughs> for not showing up, um, you know, to to do the tree tree work and and other things um, to you know, panic and ran to a neighbor's house and they called the sheriff's office at that time. And that's the thing. His reaction tells you David would normally show up. He was dependable. So we're talking about three people in their 20s and 30s paying rent, no issues with law enforcement, no issues at work, no issues with their families. The motive is a little lost. Now, all of them being shot behind the left ear, what does that say to you? I think they, you know, they obviously were, were caught off guard at the same time. I, I think it tells me that, you know, someone had decided that one or, or all of them had to die. It's it's not a very merciful shot. That's for sure. It's, it's a way to, uh, to silence those who saw, you know, what you've done or were getting ready to do. I mean, it's like an assassination. And to me, again, in the area that I described for people, I would think that would be so unusual, extraordinarily so, to the point you should stop everything you're doing and recognize you've got something on your hands that you will never see again in your career. Yeah, especially at that time in in the uh, nation's history, you know, multiple killings were, uh, you know, relatively rare thing. Right away, you know, very unusual. At the same time, it looked as if you know, maybe someone had targeted David, who lived at the cabin, and then the other two, I don't want to say happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, but uh, were not necessarily expected to be there. Unfortunately, you know, they paid paid with their lives. Well, I think where their bodies were found suggests that. But to me, if you're in the far bedroom and you've just murdered David, and then Donnie and Melinda walk in and they're not expected... It would almost beg, oh, one's going to be shot in the arm, one's going to be shot in the stomach, the shoulder, because you would be shooting wildly to stop that witness. But that's not what happened. It appears that somebody went to them, got behind them, and shot them both identical. And Melinda twice, just to be sure. It's very sad. And, and, you know, when I look at David's body, he's kind of got his arms raised up as if almost to to either run away or to fend off what's getting ready to take place. So he looks like he's trying to flee or he's trying to put hands up or, or something like that. Well, the reality is if David had already been murdered between Donnie and Melinda, one of them had to be killed first. So the other one absolutely knew what was coming. But again, when you when you look at the scene there, you know, mercifully, they just dropped what they had in their hands and, and fell right there. So it, it doesn't look as if, you know, there was a struggle or a fight that took place or, or anything like that. So it was, um, you know, fairly quick process. I understand once the shot goes off, it's quick. But again, if they walk in the door and the killer's on the other side of the house, he has to come to them and get behind them. So again, that suggests to me that this person, very calculated, very deliberately, did not just shoot them to silence them, but assassinated them to silence them. It appears that, yeah, they, he definitely uh, 
entered the coup de gras, so to speak, for both of them and, and knew exactly what he was doing. So it tells me this is definitely not this person's uh, first attempt at this, first shooting, first uh, wounding. They've probably done it before, and uh, you know they were fairly calm about it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Now, Greg, there was a phone call, a couple of them. Why don't you tell us about that? This was really about the end part of 2015 that I decided to call on uh, uh, Sheriff Mike Simpson, uh, Preble County Sheriff. I called him up and said, hey, I'm coming to Ohio to visit family. I'd like to talk to you about the triple homicide. And so he invited me over and, you know, we had a, a really nice conversation about, you know, getting the evidence DNA tested. I was overjoyed that, you know, number one, he talked to me and number two, he'd consider resubmitting it for, for this type of testing. And it just so happens several months later, I talked to uh, Sheriff Simpson again and he's like, uh, you know, it's the weirdest thing. Just about every year or every other year, there's a older male that calls the office and says he's got information about the uh, the triple homicide. Unfortunately, he doesn't leave much information and there's really, you know, no, no way that I can uh, get in contact with him. And so it was very frustrating for a couple of years for, uh, for Sheriff Simpson, because, you know, it's, it's nice to get reengaged in, um, you know, in an investigation on two different fronts. One being a potential eye, eyewitness or, you know, uh, someone who's heard something. And then the other one being, you know, the actual evidence. He called me, I think it was uh, in 2016, and said he was finally able to make contact with this person and that this person told him a, you know, pretty remarkable story that, in my mind, explained a lot about what happened Halloween 1987. Sheriff Simpson told me that he talked to an individual who was aware of a potential motive for the whole um, triple homicide. 
and that it appears a, a, a neighbor that lived in the area actually thought that his wife and David Smelzer were having some type of a relationship that he obviously didn't approve of. The story was told that this individual was insanely jealous, hired somebody to silence David and, and kind of to make him pay for things he may or may not have done to uh, this individual's uh, wife. So we went from really having, you know, not much going on on this uh, cold case and it just getting colder, you know, by the month to having a, a story that was reasonable as to why this may have happened an insane uh, um, husband, uh, in addition to some things going on with DNA technology. Now, Greg, did the caller give any information that he could not have just gotten from the newspaper? Was there anything that made law enforcement go, wait a minute, this dude might be credible? He had a specific description of things that were being exchanged between this husband and a um, you know potential hitman or person that may do the shooting, and also just telling who was at this particular meeting or conspiracy to commit murder, and um, some of the things that were said. Also, potential ways that the husband could cover his tracks, so to speak, put some distance between himself and the events that took place uh, over Halloween. Well, that's a pretty good twist, Greg. Sure is. It uh, definitely <laughs> made my year. And so you still have a piece of evidence that you think might could possibly generate a profile that might could possibly lead you to the perpetrator. So let me ask you this. Is there anything you need from our community at large? Do you need funds to be raised? Do you need more national attention? Do you need what? You know, my, my understanding is that. Um, uh, Preble County, I think part of the reason and the hesitancy over the years that they've not gone uh, kind of full bore on this investigation is that the, the cost of processing the evidence, doing various DNA tests, and, uh, you know, these tests changing over the years and, and the fear that, you know, how much is this really going to cost and, and, and where does that end? Because even the DNA was was looked at, and unfortunately, there were no hits that came back as to who contributed the DNA. And so, you know, then you're in a situation where, you know, you might have to hire a genetic genealogists or, or other experts. The funds to do some of these uh, DNA testing procedures would would very much be, you know, a wonderful thing to happen in this case. And more importantly, just just the attention that, you know, a national audience like yours could could bring to bear on this, because, you know, even though we do have a witness who had a pretty good description of murder for hire or conspiracy, we know that there are other people out there that have spoken to some or several of the individuals involved, uh, whether they were bragging or boasting or or confessing or, you know, dealing with uh, psychological problems from, you know, being involved in such a, a terrible thing. So, you know, we do believe that there are still people out there who have big or small knowledge about this. You know, we would love to uh, 
talk to, you know, get some more information from. Well, chances are somebody that has connections to a hitman has done other things. And he's connected to other criminals and he's connected to people that are probably afraid of him. So there is a great opportunity for some people to come forward. And listen, you know, I happen to know some extraordinary people. So I think we go to work, you and I, and we figure out how to raise the money and we figure out how to approach, you know, Sheriff Simpson, because I am in my mind right now seeing a press conference where not only he can announce an arrest or conclusion in a cold case that his daddy was a part of. That would be a tremendous event. And then for these three families, I think it's necessary for them to have some answers. And, you know, I know you have spoken with the family and you're connected and you've been advocating, but I want them to know when they listen to this that you walked into my police department years ago and we were talking about counterfeit money. That's why you were there. And the next thing we know, we're talking about cold cases. And you and I were like, yeah, we could probably do something on this. But you have been working on this thing. And I want the family to know that, whether it's this piece of evidence with DNA or it's, you know, getting a different type of warrant or looking at this thing from a really unique perspective of how you could get it solved. I think that speaks to not just the kind of lawman you are, but I think it also speaks to the kind of person you are. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, working cold cases is it's addicting at the same time. It's very frustrating because things that you see so clearly other people don't see. But I, I knew when I got to know you and I knew your 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 network and, and the success that you've had on, on various levels that you were uh, definitely a person that would be um, very much needed and necessary and and just to bounce, you know, evidentiary and, and other ideas off of you because you've, you know, you've been a CSI, you've been uh, a little bit of everything. You've been a bouncer and uh, no, you. <laughs> <laughs> just... My husband likes to tell people I get fired a lot, but here's the reality. I think you and I have got a great plan and, and we did talk off air about a few things because we don't want to play our cars. We want to keep them a little close to the vest, but. I appreciate you, and we're going to dance. This is going to be good. It's it's going to be wonderful, and I, I do appreciate all that you've done, and, and you will do, and I'm excited to see, you know, what kind of feedback from uh, from your listeners. And, uh, again, I just think Zone 7 is just a, a, a wonderful podcast, and uh, its its reach is uh, pretty amazing. So continued success to you on that. Greg Noble, I appreciate you. And I'm going to end Zone 7 the way that I always do, with a quote from somebody from my Zone 7. And this quote comes from Detective Vince Velasquez, retired Atlanta Police Department and the star of ATL Homicide. And Vince says, keep motivated. Even when you run out of leads, there's always another one around the corner. Just turn that way. I'm Cheryl McCollum. And this is Zone 7.
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.